0: Sonny Dyke says TCU will be more of an air raid team this season. We'll talk about what that means next on Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked On Horn Frogs? I'm Stephen Simcox, your host. It is your team every day. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also subscribe wherever it is you get your podcast. We're brought to you by FanDuel today. FanDuel, where the game starts. Official betting partner of uh, the NBA and also the Locked On Network. Sonny Dykes spoke with the media on uh, Wednesday after practice. Team will get back in action on Friday. Um, off day today as they get through, you know, spring practice and continue to work through the time they have here this off season, but he had a press conference after practice Wednesday and talked about a variety of things. But one thing that stood out to me was uh, Brian Estridge asked him about air raid concepts and are they getting back to more of an air raid scheme with Kendall Bryles as the offensive coordinator. And this is fascinating. Sunny sort of touched on some big picture stuff. I mean, the air raid has been around for so long now. And of course, Mike Leach, and Hal Mumme, sort of the architects of the system. Um, and essentially he said, you know, the air raid in itself is a small base number of plays with different tags, meaning kind of different options based on how the defense lines up. And you're trying to get guys in space. You're trying to get favorable one-on-one matchups, get the ball out quickly, and move the ball down the field through the air, right? And of course, Mike Leach did this with a really small play sheet. And he had a very distinct style, and he wanted his quarterbacks to get the ball out fast. He wanted his quarterbacks and wide receivers to understand all the intricacies of this offense to get to a place where they could basically call it on their own. Quarterbacks that played for Leach talked about in their senior year, you know, junior year, when they've been playing for a while, sometimes Mike would just give them a formation and say, think about it. Meaning like, I'm giving you a formation, you know the five or six plays that we run out of this, assess what the defense is doing, and then call your own play. He really wanted guys to be really self-sufficient when they did that. Now, so many people have taken what Leach did, and, of course, unfortunately we lost Coach Leach um, this past offseason. Uh, rest in peace to him. But they've, they've taken what he's done with that system and have added their own style – And, you know, their own uh, different kind of tags and intricacies with it. And so one thing that Coach Dax talked about, Kendall Bryles, he comes from that air raid tree, but he's been an offense coordinator for a long time now, and he's done a lot of different things. He obviously runs the ball a lot more than Coach Leach did, and that's something that Sonny has sort of adopted too through the years is that ability to run the football, have a little more balance in your offense, have the ability – to get yards on the ground and not just do everything through the air, but uh, one thing that Coach Dyke said on Wednesday was that this team was going to get back to using the quick game more, and he thought they were going to be more of an air raid team than they were last season under Garrett Riley. And he was talking about the quick game. He's talking about screens. He's talking about pop passes. Um, and he also mentioned how he likes how they're moving the pocket. He likes how they're getting the ball out fast. They're making a lot more high percentage throws. So last season with Max, I mean, they and with Quentin Johnson and some of the big players they had on the outside, they really had an emphasis on throwing the ball deep, right? And they weren't necessarily the most efficient pass offense in the world, but they knew if they kept taking deep shots down the field, that if they hit on some of those, it was going to pay big dividends um, for the team moving forward. Now, they also did run, you know, a number of bubble screens, that type of thing. They sort of got away from that because I think as the year went on, defenses started recognizing those formations and started getting, you know, to the line of scrimmage faster, making those plays, and they weren't as focused. Um, Or or they, they sort of took that away and forced TCU to make plays over the top, which they did at a high level at times, and sometimes they weren't as efficient, but still won a lot of games, obviously. But it sounds like. With Chandler Morris as the QB, they want to get the ball out faster. They want more high percentage throws, which makes a lot of sense because Chandler is a, you know, he we he has the reputation of being a more accurate pinpoint quarterback. Doesn't necessarily have the arm that's gonna throw the ball a country mile like Max does, but understands, you know, anticipating, making plays, getting the ball out. I think also this speaks to the fact that you have a team. And last year they had this, too, with guys like Tay Barber and Darius Davis, but I think this year it's even more pronounced. You have a team um, with a lot of explosive skill guys who can make things happen in space, whether that's JoJo Earl, John Paul Richardson, Major Everhart, possibly Corey Wren, Trent Battle. There's a number of kind of shifty slot wide receivers, running backs who can also catch the ball in the backfield. And so I think Kendall Bryles is going to try to use that and use that sideline to sideline speed that they have to their advantage by, you know, making quick, accurate throws. Now, there has to be a balance here because, as I said earlier, TCU did a lot of that, I, I think, at the start of the year last season. And then teams started to really close that down and force them to throw more over the top and I imagine defenses will try to do the same thing. You still have to run the ball effectively, but this can be an extension of your run game. And for an offensive line that we hope is really good this year, but at least the first few weeks has some new faces and might be gelling, this can be a really advantageous thing to them too because hopefully it takes some pressure off of them, and it might lighten the box a little bit because if the defense is more worried about, you know, covering the perimeter, trying to cut off some of those – um, quick bubble screens, then you have less attention between the tackles and the interior where you can run the football. So uh, just a curious thing that kind of came down from that press conference. Sonny says they're going to be more of an air raid team this year run a lot more quick game and high percentage throws, try to move the pocket, try to make life easy for Chandler Morris as he steps in there as a full-time starter. When we come back, want I'm going to answer some of your questions and comments from yesterday's yesterday's episode. Before we do that, though, I do want to talk about FanDuel. FanDuel, I've talked about it in the past. We mention them frequently. They're one of our great sponsors, official betting partner of the NBA. Um, you know, you got playing games going on right now, or they're not going on right now. But teams are fighting for that final playing spot, fighting for playoff spots. Uh, do you want to bet the money line? It's kind of a tricky time to do that. You know, different teams are motivated more. The Mavericks get the upset of the Kings last night, right? Um, so if you're not interested in those money line bets, or you're like, that seems too risky, I don't know who's resting on a day-to-day basis, maybe the prop bets are more what you're interested in. Get you know in on some of those specific, like who hits the most threes tonight, uh, who hits the first three of the ball game. Take some of those risks. It's a good time to do that and use a FanDuel app. It's safe, secure. It's easy to use. You can also go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to take advantage of their no sweat first bet deal. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel. Official betting partner of the NBA and a sponsor of the Locked On Network. <clears throat> so, yesterday we talked to ECU football and we talked about the offensive line. Um, and so, a few of you had some comments. We also talked basketball yesterday. Some of you chimed in. Uh, Zoom play says he thinks this offensive line is going to be elite this season. Man, I would love that. I said this yesterday. I think this is the biggest question mark to me. They have skill guys. They're still banking a lot of potential there, but I think overall the wide receivers, the running back, that's, that's, that's going to be a good group. You have a quarterback in Chandler Morris that I believe in, even though we haven't seen him a lot, you know, when these live bullets are flying. But if your O-line can replace guys like Wes Harris and Alan Ali and Steve Avila and do it at a high level, and the sky really could be the limit for this offense, if you can run the ball effectively, if you can protect Chandler Morris and give him time. And we just talked about in segment one, they do want to allow, you know, some some quick game, some screens. Uh, I'm sure we'll see a lot of draw plays too. They want to try to give this offensive line an advantage. I like A.J. Ricker. You know, I like what Kaz Kazadi is doing with the strength and conditioning, and obviously that affects everybody, but it can really affect your O-line and getting those guys beefed up. you know we're hearing some good things john lands appears to be the guy that's going to slide into that center role another really experienced player you got some players like willis patrick um ezra dodson from arizona state maybe garrett hayes who could slide into that guard role they're also kind of cross training some of these tackles like andrew coker and brandon coleman could they possibly slide inside at different points in the season so you have options you have opportunities it's just about can it all come together in gel as one cohesive unit, that's going to be the big question for this offense and specifically this offensive line. But yeah, Zoom play, I'm, I'm encouraged. I don't know if they'll be elite all year long. I think it might be a thing where they sort of grow into it as the year goes on. But the good news is the schedule I think from a quality standpoint, from a physicality standpoint, is lighter on the first half of the season. So maybe they can build that up to where when they play you know, Texas, Oklahoma, Baylor, these teams that are more physical they'll be in a better spot and they'll be in a better place to match up with those teams and those front sevens. Uh, Cause you have to protect the quarterback after on the football, if you're going to be successful and that's going to be a huge key to this season. Um, Tanner McKinney said, any news on the running back room? Not sure specifically what you're asking. I mean, as far as they haven't brought anybody else in um, as far as who the starter is, you know, Sonny Dykes was asked about the running backs yesterday. And he's, he said, basically, Um, He likes what they have there. It's kind of hard to tell at the moment. They did have a full contact practice on Saturday where they were tackling guys at the ground, and he was interested to see how some of those players handled it because there's guys like Corey Wren uh, that he hasn't really seen get tackled before. Uh, But, I mean, I think think it's going to be – running back's going to be a position that uh, as the year goes on, we're going to figure out more about it. I'm not sure we're going to have a defined starter – week one at Colorado. And I don't necessarily think you have to have that guy. Trey Sanders is obviously a super interesting player, former five-star recruit, was at Alabama, um, has dealt with injuries from a car wreck a few years back. But he's big, he's physical, he seems like the type of guy that can, you know, run somebody over, make moves in the open field, make things happen. Amani Bailey showed a lot of explosiveness when he got opportunities last season. And so he's going to have a good chance here, even with the new offense, having a year in the system is most likely going to help him Then there's guys like Trent Battle and Corey Wren who are more your scat back types Uh, but I think they're going to be a factor in this offense then of course you got Connor Cook from Round Rock who could be a factor here as well if I had to bet right now who your starter is against Colorado I'm going to say Imani Bailey but I think Bailey and Sanders and Battle and Wren are also are all going to get opportunities those first few weeks of the season and when coach Dykes talks about you know, it's really hard to evaluate these guys without full contact. They'll have some of that in fall camp, and I think they'll have a better idea. But really those first few games you'll get to see, okay, who who can make the first man miss? Who can run through arm tackles? Who can bounce off that first tackle and get an extra four or five yards? Who understands, has the vision, and has the awareness to say, okay, I don't have much here. i got to get my head down and get two or three yards, get positive plays, get positive momentum and put us in a second and manageable or third and manageable. Those are all going to be keys. Because one thing Kendra Miller showed last season, he was so good with contact balance. Meaning when he got hit, he rarely went down the first time. He could bounce off tacklers. He could use that stiff arm. He could use that big frame to sort of bowling ball his way for extra yardage. Um, And that was a huge key for this offense. So I think the running back room is going to be something we probably won't even have clarity on. Uh, up until like week one of the season. But I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I just feel like they're going to try to give everybody ample opportunities to prove that they can be the guy. Um, and then someone asked me yesterday about Shahadé Wells making some comments on his way out about the coaching staff, and I didn't see this. He followed up um, and, and said on uh, Wednesday's video, he was on Instagram, saw a few stories of Shahadé talking about how coaches need to use players correctly kind of taking a shot at TCU might not be anything he was just wondering. Yeah. I don't follow him on Instagram. So I, I didn't see that. Sorry. Um, I, I could understand why he was frustrated. I mean, he was a big time scorer at UC Arlington and he didn't get, you know, he didn't really score the ball a lot when he was at TCU, but I think he's a guy that got plenty of opportunities. I mean, he probably feels differently. And I think that might be why he's leaving. Uh, but I think again, it's just sort of an individual basis. I don't see this as a, you know, team-wide problem where the, the team is questioning what Coach Dixon and that staff is doing. I think it's probably just a guy that um, didn't think he got enough chances at TCU to really show what he could do. Uh, and, you know, his his points per game kind of show that. But he might go have a big year. I just think, you know, he had ample opportunities this season. It just didn't work out for him. Uh, when we come back, we'll update a few baseball things, and then we'll wrap things up. This is Lockdown Horn Frogs, your team every day. All right, TCU baseball back in action tonight, and there has been a change in the rotation. I I said this on Wednesday. I said, you know, Ryan Vander High got uh, some work in that Tuesday game on the road against Tarleton, which surprised me. And so TCU plays a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. They play tonight at 6 p.m. Friday's game's at 8 p.m., which is strange, but it's just for television. They're going to be on ESPNU. And then Saturday's game is at 4 o'clock. Um, all those games on ESPN Plus, except for Friday, will be on ESPNU. If you want to tune in and watch it at 6 o'clock tonight, and changing the rotation, Chase Hoover, the freshman. He's going to get the start tonight, and then they'll go with Cole Klecker on Friday and Cam Brown Saturday. So Ryan high at least for the time being, is out of the rotation. I imagine Ryan will be probably the first or second arm out of the bullpen tonight. That's my guess. I think the thought process is if you can get a couple innings from Chase Hoover. He came in against Texas Tech on – last Friday when, when Ryan struggled and did a nice job. But if you can get a few innings from Chase Hoover and then get a few innings from Ryan Vander High, uh, hopefully you can pass it off the bullpen for the rest of the night. So change there. They need to win this series against Oklahoma State at home. It's a critical one. Oklahoma State's a really good team. Uh, Frog's currently a game back in the Big 12 standings. Need to get on the right track after dropping that series in Lubbock last weekend. That'll do it for us. We'll be back again tomorrow. Um, on Good Friday, I hope you and your family have a good Easter weekend. This is Locked On Horn Frog. It's your team.